Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Thoughtful Talent Show. I'm Jen Werner. And I'm Chad Ahern. And today we're joined by fellow Edie Grow and Gallup Certified Strengths Coach, Gina Brennan. Gina is based in Orlando and is a fellow coach that focuses on working with teams and organizations to improve their performance through improved employee engagement. And I hope I got that right, Gina. Is there anything else you want to add or any clarification around that? Oh, no, you got it perfectly, um, Chad. Thank you so much, Chad and Jen, for inviting me today. It's one of my favorite subjects to talk about because Clifton Strengths has had such a profound impact on my life, and I've seen it have such a profound impact on the lives of so many others. So it's always a subject that I enjoy talking about. So thank you for inviting me. Uh, we're happy to have you. Uh, we invited Gina today because uh, we're going to talk about the theme of belief. And since I don't have it very high, it's my number 14 talent theme. Um, and yet my two distinguished uh, ladies uh, here have it as uh, two and three respectively. And I'll let them clue you in on, on who has uh, it where. Uh, but that's why we were invited Gina today. And to start, Jen, I'm going to ask you because uh, you always read them so nicely. What is the standard definition that Gallup has around the uh, belief talent theme. Yeah, so Gallup has this as people exceptionally talented in the belief theme have certain core values that are unchanging. Out of these values emerge a defined purpose for our lives. So I think that fits it perfectly. Um, this is my number three, and we're so happy and thrilled to have Gina with us because I know Gina has her belief high too, number two, right, Gina? Yeah. So, so we're going to, you know, just fill up with all the knowledge we can about how her and I both use our belief um, as, a, as a talent theme in, to make us do great things for others. And then also talk about how others use this theme and how we've seen it used. Yeah. So to so start off, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose the same question to both of you um, because I don't have it high. I am kind of curious right off the bat how the belief talent shows up in your life how do you, how do you live it what does it uh inspire you to do or not do um and gina since you are a wonderful guest i'm going to start with you okay so it's funny when you ask that question because the first thing that comes to mind is how does it not show up in my life because <laughs> it is it's everything i am and it's really when i think back to even when i was a little kid it's everything who i've always been even before the clinton strength assessment identified these talent themes um, so for example, I'm very driven by the things that I believe very strongly in. And I, I kind of even make life decisions based on those things. And that's really what's described in that definition from the careers that I've chosen to my lifestyle, um, diet and exercise, to just how I raise my children, um, to who I am as a spouse and a friend to others. I think it's all really driven by my belief theme. Uh, Gina, just for clarification, since belief is number two, which one happens in your, in your wonderful grid up top there? Which one sits as, as number one? Developer. Developer. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. And we know that none of these themes sit alone, right? Oh, so definitely. Developer, belief, significance kind of all work together. Um, really, all of these work together. Right. Yeah, no, I wasn't trying to discount. I just couldn't remember yeah. out of your list which one followed um, sorry, sort of led the pack in terms of its ordering, but given how in, 
how encompassing your belief seems to touch your life. Um, I was kind of curious where your, where your number one was. So yeah, it could be number one, but, but developer is, is very similar in the sense that they both, um, I don't drive me to want to help people. And I feel like for as long as I can remember, I wake up every day wanting to help others. And yeah. each of my jobs, I've kind of always framed, like even waiting tables when I was a teenager, like I didn't look at it like I was just waiting tables. I looked at it like I was really helping people and have a great experience or, you know, have something that was amazing. Um, in their in their evening out or whatever in, in the car rental industry i always looked like looked at it like i was helping people and i put them in a more beautiful car or by selling them insurance because i knew it was going to give them peace of mind so everything i did i always in my mind felt that it was helping others and that's what i'm driven to do okay yeah anything yeah, else I... you want to add gina oh no no <laughs> well, that's I, I definitely... an example I definitely see that in you, Gina, and in the work that we've done together. I do believe your belief is strong and guiding you. Your, those values are so strong and you can see it coming through in what you do for others. So, you. you know, my, I do think that's kind of a, a, a general statement maybe we can say is that it's like our core values on steroids because right. I for me, it's like my why it's always been like, this is why I'm doing it. This is my purpose. Um, I've had jobs where I didn't feel like the, the job or the role really meshed with my core values. And so for me, it took time for me to connect why I was doing it, why it was important to the, to my core values so that it, I could actually be successful in it with all these high executing teams. It's really important to me to get things done and where your developer is leading your belief in wanting to help others and give others the best place, the, the best experience. Um, I feel like my responsibility and achiever is constantly being pushed by my belief to make sure that I'm actually getting things done, getting the right things done and really working towards being responsible to other people, to what the needs are at the moment. So um, you use your example, um, it, of, of your life. And I wanted to kind of go back to mine. Um, I was in sales for a time and I don't like sales. I'm not salesy. I don't like salesmen. <laughs> um, so if, for me, it was really hard. And I was selling um, hospital, hospital furniture. And I started thinking about the end users who were using it and really going into thinking about like, if I'm at the children's hospital and this mother and father are there with their baby and they have to be there 24 hours a day for a week, I want them to sit in the most comfortable seat or chair or sleep in a sofa that's so comfortable for them because what they want to worry about is not their own health and safety and whether they got a good night's sleep, but their baby. So supporting them in that way was how I connected my belief structure and my core values to what I was doing and made me successful. It also meant I stopped paying attention to like, what, what about the money part of it? What about, you know, I, it was all about that end result for the, for the end user. So um, yeah, I absolutely believe that it, it, it is our core values that shine through and they're different for all of us. Gina, I want to go, I want to mention something that you actually brought up in our pre-show yesterday. You read off a wonderful, um, I think it was from Webster's Dictionary, and had a wonderful connection between the sort of standard definition that might be in the dictionary and the slightly different ver uh, definition that Jen wrote about how this theme is described. 
do you want to bring that back up for our, sure. our audience and, and sure. share your learning there? Well, I just thought it was really interesting to look at the Webster's definition, even though, you know, our themes are so much more complex than that. Right. Um, but the Webster definition says that it's an acceptance that something's true or that something exists or it's a trust, faith, or confidence in something when you think about what the word belief means. And so, um, so when I read that definition, I think of all of, the, all of the things that guided me throughout my life stem from these core values. And it's what really has motivated me to be who I am. And, and what I used the reference of wanting to help others earlier, um, but developer also makes me want to help others grow and be the best that they can be. And it helps me see potential in everybody. And, um, and, and my belief system really drives me to want to make a difference in people. And, and okay. I guess significance plays a part in that too. But I think it's these, these core values that are just unchanging in our lives that drive the decisions that we make and drive who we become. Mm -hmm. And, and Jen mentioned not being motivated by money. And it's like, I've had, I've been very blessed to have great success in different careers in my life, but not for one day have I ever been motivated about the paycheck. And I could have been the top salesperson, whether it was, you know, waiting tables or the rental car industry, but it was never about the money. It was about how I could help people the most and how I could make a difference in their lives. And, you know, to me, the money was not the reason to do it. So the driving force has always been something much stronger than that. Yeah. yeah. Even it's when a, you asked me to talk about myself, I was like, you know what? I'm much more comfortable <laughs> when other people talk about me because my belief system tells me that I'm supposed to be humble and I shouldn't be talking about myself. So, you know, well, the, it drives a lot of the things that we do. Yeah, definitely. I, um, both of you have brought up the idea of this uh, set of core values. Mm -hmm. And that was even mentioned in the short description, uh, sort of short definition that Jen read about the theme. I'm wondering if either of you are willing to share maybe some of those core values and uh, what they might mean to you or maybe how those show up. Um, I'd be interested to hear if they are very similar given that both of your belief uh, themes are very high um, or where they might vary and what that might tell us. Okay, so, Jen, do you wanna go first or do you want me to? <laughs> go ahead, Dina. Okay. So when I think about my core values, um, trust for sure is at the top. It's really important for me to trust people that I'm around or that I'm working with or um, really that I it would invest my time in. Trust is a really important thing. Loyalty, integrity, um, hard work, uh, faithfulness, all of those things really drive um, who I am, I would say, and, and are really like maybe the last one is altruism, which is like really being a servant and a servant of others. And I definitely see myself that way. I wrote down kindness. And then my husband corrected me this morning and said that um, I'm not kind, which is really funny because I think of myself as very kind because I, I, I spend my life doing so much for other people. He, he said, well, you're kind, but you're conditionally kind. And I think oh. that's, that belief drives that yeah. because I'm really kind until someone breaks my trust. Or until oh. somebody, you know, goes against my belief system. Mm -hmm. And then I'm maybe not so kind. So he, he helped me hold the mirror up about that one this morning. Which I thought was, uh, uh, fun. <laughs> Gotta love those spouses. They're always yeah. willing to call us out. Yeah. 
bring but, up. But we're very black and white too. I mean, that's the thing with, with whichever values it is. I, anyone that I know that has high belief, they're very black and white and unbending about their beliefs. Mm-hmm. And you can't really change their mind. You can't really get them to come in a different way because they just feel so strongly in the things that are important to them. Yeah. Interesting. Jen, uh, how, how do your values set either uh, mirror or differentiate uh, different from what Gina has just laid out? They're very similar. Um, I had truth, honor, respect, um, purpose, uh, work ethic, responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. And then I will add one other one that has always bothered me um, is equality. So I can't, I can't stand in, and like Gina said, it's all very black and white. Um, and I really can't stand when someone's being picked on and bullied, set apart from someone else. And I even look to see like, where is my includer in my list? Because that, that's never been an, an issue for me. Like I'm worried about excluding someone, but I don't like it when people are pulled to the front for un, unequal reasons. You know, I, mm. I just, it, that just feels really bad to me or, or, or worse, you know, like pushed to the side because of different reasons. Um, for fairness. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's just really, it's really strange um, when we talk about that, like black and white. Um, I think these, these core values also make me really predictable and loyal. Um, so loyalty is something I, I rank really high as well. Okay. Both of you have brought up this idea of black and white in terms of mm-hmm. it does how does that come out or or what does that look like? Is it is it a there's a yes answer and a no answer, or is it uh, like I, I guess because I don't have belief as high as you maybe I'm not thinking about it the right way or know how to phrase the right question, but how, how does how does that black and white translate? How would somebody recognize that in your behaviors uh, uh, in your actions uh, for me uh, it's it's really like it's it sometimes can look judgmental right so um there's a right and wrong way to do things typically there's not a lot of gray area so it's the you know like if if it's been tried and true we know this works this is what we should be doing um in that it looks very black and white. There is no like, oh, well, maybe we should try this other thing because we've already decided that this is the way we're going to do it. It doesn't mean that can't be changed. So that's the other, we are, we tend to be a little on the stubborn side, right, too. But if facts and things are brought to us that show us that that there is a change or there is an, a, a way to do things better, um, I think that's something where like with all of our other strengths, we can work with other people to make that happen if it's doing the right thing the right way but if you cross one of these lines like gina was saying um about the about the kindness if you cross that line it doesn't feel good so like for me if it doesn't feel right it isn't right it doesn't align with my values no amount of money or explanation will change my mind i will need hard evidence to prove me wrong so like that's a little bit how that black and white looks for me. What about you, Gina? Jen, you shared some great examples of black and white. For me, I think it's um, it's back to that belief system, right? So if I believe that it's really important to be loyal or uh, or to, to tell the truth or to be trustworthy, then anything but that is not okay with me. So you either are or you aren't. Like Yoda says, 
you know, there is no try, right? Do or do uh, not, there is no try, right? For me, that's black and white. Like if, okay. if you're loyal, if you're honest, but you, there's no gray, right? You can't be some, some kind of white right. lying and that's okay. No, if it's a lie, it's a lie. Like I'm black and white. You know, um, I have a certain belief system when it comes to how we parent. If you don't parent that way, it's wrong. Like I have a little bit of that perspective that gets me in trouble too because I'm unbending about certain things that I feel really strongly about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I, I appreciate I, I appreciate the clarification because I, yeah. I think that that, you know, for a lot of other people that might not have beliefs quite as high, there is that much more of a gray area. I probably get along with the two of you so well because my analytical keeps me in that black and white. There's either, there's the, the data or there's not. And so, but you're talking a little bit more about at, at the core of people versus external information or, or statements or research or whatever. Um, like it drives so, me crazy when people say, oh, well, I didn't intend to hurt your feelings. Like I didn't intend to tell a lie, right? I mean, it's, it's like, I didn't, how do we judge ourselves, right? We judge ourselves by our intentions, but other people judge you by what you do to them and how you make them feel and what your real action is. So to me, action is what kind of almost delineates the black and white, right? Yeah. Interesting. Not really what you intended. Yeah. So you both brought up this idea of sort of running afoul of your <laughs> beliefs uh, or your belief talents. Um, what does that look like, you know, from the outside, if somebody has sort of broken the barrier or broken the, you know, their, the trust or the loyalty is, are there particular reactions that you have that maybe you've also seen in coaching clients or typical reactions of people you've also seen with that belief talent high in their own um, list of, of talent themes um, just so that others, you know, particularly those that might be listening to us, um, can recognize it from the outside. What does it look like to, to break that, that belief uh, or, or run afoul of that talent belief? Uh, Gina, why don't we start with you this time? <laughs> okay, so I guess I have a couple of perspectives on that. The first is it really depends on how, what the foul is and, okay. what the, you know, and the relationship that I'm in with the person. Um, so when I combine who I am with developer positivity, empathy, significance, my goal is to make an impact on people and to make a difference. And so if there's a foul, the first go-to is like, what can we learn from it? And how can I help them be better? And how can I give them feedback on how they can improve so that that doesn't happen in the future? So I try to be, I try to lean on my developer in times like that to really help them grow from it because there is one right way. You know, it's your way. It's your way. No, no, no. I'm, I'm kidding about that. But, like, is it, but then there are other things that I would never come back from, like, you know, relationship, deep relationship, trust things that if it did happen, I, I wouldn't be pulling in my developer to try to change it or my positivity to see the bright side. It would just be that's that was something that I can't come back from. I can't, you know, yeah, I'd be moving on and not investing the effort into that person anymore. Once okay. it happens. So I think it depends on the, the, the level of intimacy too. Um, you know, what happens when there's a foul. Okay. That's, that's such a great like reasoning there. And I think I see that too. Um, I'm definitely much more forgiving um, in ways that I'm 
okay, burn me once, you know, shame on you, burn me twice, shame on me kind of thing, you know, like it won't happen a third time. But for me, I, I think it, my beliefs help um, shape who is going to get close to me. So for the most part, you don't get close to me until I let you in my inner circle. And once you're in, it is, it is a little bit dependent on that foul. But like if I witness lying, unethical persuasion of something, singling out that bullying situation that we talked about or any disrespect, I may choose then to keep you at an extreme arm's length where I am very cautious with all interactions with you going forward um, and you're not gonna get back in. Um, unfortunately, that that is something that I know about myself. Once once you're on the outs, you're not coming back in, um, and that's a that's a tough place to be. But I think it's it goes back to that trust um, th that must have been instilled in me as a child too. Like it is so important to be trustworthy. So to to be on the outs of that is just never a place I want to be, nor a place I want to put someone else. So I can't imagine why anyone would do the things that that they do to break trust you know it just it doesn't make sense to me yeah. so it, it can't let you back in <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> well we know where get, uh, jed's gates are um uh, you know we've talked a little bit about how this has shown up for the two of you in terms of uh, living in your own life I, i'm kind of curious when it comes to so seeing the positive sides, you know, we, we just talked a little bit about, you know, running a foul. I'd like to get maybe more on the positive side of things. Um, could you help us think through kind of how this theme has helped you in your life or in your work? And if there are particular examples that might highlight that for our listeners and our audience, um, I'd love to sort of put some concrete you know, what does this look like or, or how has that helped you in a, in a distinct way, especially as we've talked a lot about, you know, both of you have so far highlighted that belief is a lot on the inside, mm -hmm. but we also interact with the world. So I'm just kind of curious how that, how that, uh, how the theme translates over into action. Maybe that's a little bit of my uh, theme showing up of, of wanting to see the practical side of things, but mm -hmm. um I'm kind of curious what both of you have to say. And, and Gina, I'm, I'm going to go to you. You're, you're a, uh, our wonderful guest. So I'm going to uh, give you the floor first. Sure. I think anyone who knows me well um, would describe that the belief is, I mean, it definitely is an executing theme. Because if I believe in something, I will move mountains to make it happen and get it done. And that's before I even took my Clifton Strengths Assessment when I was in my 20s and I was in the rental car industry. You know, I really believed in what I was doing, which helped me sell more effectively because I believed I was helping my customers. I believed in my product. In fact, um, I was lucky enough to become part of a consulting company where we taught frontline employees how to sell. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we created a whole sales process collectively around what we did that worked effectively. But that sales process was like a circle, like a wheel with spokes. And it's not um, original to have that, but it has six steps. But the middle of that sales process, I kept saying, it's got to be belief because at the core of it all, uh, you have to believe in your product. You have to believe in your price. You have to believe in your program. And that's in the middle of that sales process today in a very successful consulting company 30 years later, this core belief that has to be there for someone to be effective selling. And um, so that's one example. And, and that's before I even took my Clifton assessment. <laughs> yeah. And then... You know, I, I, as a mom, I, I went to a little gym class and 
fell in love with the mission of the program, um, the mission statement on the wall. Motor skill development made fun leads to a lifetime of success, right? I just went home that day and told my husband, I have to buy this company. Like, I want this mission for the world. I want to change the world. I want to help kids. And I believe in this mission so much that I want to be a part of it somehow. And so we bought the franchise and ran it for six years, you know, it, and then this third career as a Clifton Strengths, um, Gallup Certified Strengths Coach and with Eat or Grow, you know, I very conscientiously chose this as my third career because I believed in the power of this tool and what it can do for other people. And um, I, I truly think that my belief is why people say yes and why people, um, you know, hire us do it, uh, buy the program, you know, go on the journey with me because they, 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 uh, they're inspired by that belief, you know, mm -hmm. and, and even though yeah. it's an executing talent, it's how I get things done. I think of it very much as an influencing talent, but I've always influenced others through this strong belief that I have about something. So, um, so those are some examples. And I guess the last yeah. one would be fundraising. If I believe in the mission of an organization, I could never ask you for money, but if it's to help somebody else, I have no problem going to anybody <laughs> and asking for donations because I know it's making a difference to others. So yeah. that's, those, are, those are four examples of how belief yeah. shows up for me. Those are, those are beautiful, Jana. And I, I love that you highlighted also that um, because I, I know as a coach myself that we often uh, get questions around, you know, the colors and the domains and, you know, how solid they are, you know, do they stay in their own domain all the time? And yeah. I think it's beautiful that you just highlighted another example of, you know, an executing really actually coming out as an influencing theme. So th thank you very much for, for sharing that. And I, I happen to notice you also have an influencing theme. So I'm also kind of now curious, my learner's kicking in and wanting to know, well, how much is the significance playing there? But that's probably a, a different topic for a different podcast. But I, I, wanna, I want, what's that? <laughs> that's week eight, right? <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. But, but Jen, I, I want to hear from you about, you know, the same sort of question, you know, how has yeah. belief sort of helped your life, helped your work? Um, how does that come out in a, in a practical sense uh, to, to have an, a you know, positive impact? Yeah, what, like I said earlier, it, it really is about the why, like why I'm doing this, what my purpose is. Um, we, we talked about that, like no amount of money will ever be a motivator for me. Um, I've been successful in all of my jobs, and but that's the success. And, and sometimes that, that the belief almost can look competitive to, to, to the outside um, because it does push us to the point where we're getting stuff done at a level and at a speed that maybe others aren't getting to because it's so powerful. It is so much, and that's where I do believe it really surely fits in the, in the executing domain is because like Gina said, she will move mountains to make it happen. Like absolutely, this is, this is how it is. Like once you're on board, it was when I took, when I first took Clifton Strengths, it changed my life. I saw myself completely differently, never understood that these words were, were something other than just like things about me. And then when I understood what they meant and how I'm using them every day, I'm like, everyone needs to know what their strengths are. I made everyone I knew, everyone I was close to, I bought them a book or I bought them the assessment and I made them take it because I needed to know what was different about me versus them. And like how we all tick and how we all work, it was so important to me that I needed this to be part of my life. So that was my journey in, into becoming a, a certified strengths coach because I, it, 
it is about the purpose. Like now that I know this about me, like everyone needs to know this about themselves so that they can do the great things that they need to do. Um, I talked about it making me predictable and loyal. Yeah, I'm really unchanging in, in that way. Um, I'm very predictable as long as things around me are predictable. When, when my life is constantly changing, that does push me into a, a weird place, but I will be predictably stubborn about a lot of different things. Um, I love that, predictably stubborn. Predictably stubborn. Um, but I, I think the biggest place that, that it's um, been of benefit to me is being able to share my why um, with others I work with has been a really strong motivator. Um, and it builds so much trust with them. So I've had everyone I work closely with becomes like part of my inner circle. They are now my best friend and you're going to be really close to me and you know everything about me and I'm going to know everything about you. And together we're going to make like the amazing things happen. But that doesn't happen without me sharing my why and really getting close to people and bringing yeah. them in. So that that belief really has has been the thing that has brought um, me closer and into relationships, which is, you know, not in my top five, but, but it feels relationship building ish to me also, um, because it, because it can build such strong relationships when you're able to find someone whose beliefs align with your own. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's another great example of belief going in another domain, domain mm -hmm. and play around a little bit. Yeah. Um, I want to tag on to or build on something both of you have brought up and we've we've mentioned this in other episodes that each of these themes has sort of a double edge um, yeah. that they can go awry fairly quickly we've already talked a little bit about if you you know run afoul um, but you know predictively stubborn stubborn is not exactly the most positive <laughs> word we could probably use uh, for us so I, I am kind of curious about kind of where this theme has had a sort of a negative impact or has gotten in your way uh, of either your work or your life um maybe some of the some of the more raw or this uh, disadvantageous applications of uh the belief talent theme and its application and jen i'm going to start with you this time just to change it up a little bit sure um, i'm happy i'm happy to do that because i think you guys heard it just even in the last like 30 seconds um of me talking my belief makes me passionate. Um, this passion can sometimes be overwhelming uh, and, and a little pushy and can look judgmental. So that's where like, um, I, I say it's judgy, like I'm getting judgy. Oh, don't be judgy, like careful about that. It, it's that, um, that double edge part of it, right? So like, I know what my beliefs are. And if I see someone who is not kind of aligning with those, I start to make judgments quickly on what that person's belief structure might be. And where it's easy to start to pass those judgments on others based on, on like what I think their motivations are, but their motivations may be very differently than mine. And it doesn't mean they're wrong. So it's that like constant, like double check, like, okay, hold on, you know, maybe, maybe to them, getting the job done today isn't the most important maybe to them like they need their family time they have great boundaries on like this is work time this is family time i'm sorry that this job didn't get done today i need to go home to my family and that is not something where i should just you know judge their work ethic 
or their responsibility to their job, I should be looking at it from like their responsibility to their family, right? So like that's a, a really it feels bad example of of how it's worked in me and how some of that judgy has has come out for me in the past. So I, I think it's keeping those judgments on on check yeah. regularly, trying to check right. those judgments. Jen, I couldn't help but notice you had a big smile while Jed's talking, particularly the first part of it. I'm just wondering what was right through your head or what, what, what would you want to add on to what Jen just, just offered? It's a big smile because Jen and I have worked together quite a bit and I know <laughs> how passionate she is. And, you know, I see the good in that. I see the beauty in it and the strength in it when it comes through and we're working together. And um, I've seen it impact the clients that we've worked with together. So, so anyway, it was a okay. smile of, you know, all positivity and yep. me just seeing okay. the greatness in it. Um, right. and, and I agree with her at times it can make, you know, for me personally, it can make me outwardly that way, but I think even more so, um, and it's like really raw, but like when I think about what I learned about belief over the past 15 years is that it's made me, um, rigid in certain things mm -hmm. in my life and 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 that's me and like how I go about my life every day like I have to run six days a week or you know even on my honeymoon I was exercising because I just believe exercise is important or you know I eat a certain way it's like I'm kind of an all-or-nothing person and I know that that can be good because it's contributed to a healthy lifestyle for me as an adult as an example but it can also be bad because I might not be the funnest person in the group because I'm a little bit rigid when it comes to certain things. If I believed my kids needed to go to bed at 7.30 at night when they were, you know, infants, I did it every night, no matter what was going on in life. Mm -hmm. I had other friends that kept their kids up all night long. You know, all the kids turned out fine and they're all 20 now, but right. I believed it was very important to go to bed at 7.30 and get a good night's sleep and be well rested. So if I believe in something, I have a tendency internally to... Uh, build my life in a in more of like a structured rigid way so it can be a little bit less fun does it edge on sort of an ocd kind of application or i mean I'm, i don't want to diagnose I mean, at all no. over a zoom call but <laughs> but I, i'm just i mean sure if you want to call that i mean i don't know to me it's yeah. just a little bit less fun okay people. Uh, people who are high adaptability they're a little bit more fun they go with the flow and they're a little bit more flexible about things but you know I, it, I think it's so interesting you just said like it's less fun so I remember when I first got my talent so my team all had like really high um relationship building themes they were all these one and other ones like all these wonderful yeah. ones you know positivity and woo and communication and you know I'm like oh great and then they got mine and they're like oh yours are boring and I'm like oh like, isn't that like the epitome of responsibility, belief, deliberative, and achiever? Like these, you know, I'm like, really, like, we're, we're going to do, do great this. things, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's funny to hear you say that, that you feel like it makes you, that your belief makes you rigid and a little less fun, because I, I feel that too. Not yeah. for you, but for me. <laughs> yeah. It's very internal. It is. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So... You know, we've talked a lot about how this has played out. This theme has played out in both of you, given that we are all coaches and have experienced clients with this theme. I'm, or I'm, I'm suspecting that at least. Uh, 
I'm curious if, you know, Gina, I'm going to, I'm going to start with you uh, just given your experience and you've probably coached a lot more people than Jen and I have. What have you seen in terms of other uh, components around this theme that you think pe people should be aware of that you might've seen in other clients, but not necessarily in yourself? Well, you know, I, I think I shared this yesterday, but I'm fascinated by the fact that out of hundreds of people that are in my little system, um, just in the past few years, not many have belief in their top five. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a, a, a depth of information to share with you, but, you know, I can share with you about two different people. One that's a leader who I just have admired the way he was able to always sell the why to his employees and always keep the vision and the mission at the forefront of their mind, even if the, those talents weren't as natural. Um, he was very good at getting everybody to see and buy in because he had belief strong. And for him, he felt it was very important for everybody to know every day how they contributed and what, their, you know, what the big picture of the organization is. Yeah. And he was exceptionally talented at that. So I love seeing that in a, in a strength state. Um, on the other side, I had an employee recently who shared with me that they, they ask why oftentimes when something's mm -hmm. changing, they want to understand why. And while there's many talents that might contribute to that why question, this employee felt that it was their belief system. Like they have to be able to believe in this change or they're not going to follow. Okay. Yeah. Right. If you can't get me to believe in this, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> right. to stick over here because it's not going to be worth changing, right. Yeah. Or doing or moving or adjusting. And so. This employee said that, you know, oftentimes in meetings and in, in working with a team that the teammates would get very frustrated with this person because they really wouldn't budge unless they believed in it and unless they understood the why behind something. So the teammates would get exasperated and until they understood the language and understood who this person was and that all they had to do was really help them understand the why. Right. And then that would be a great way to get them on board. And then they would they would leave the charge in getting others to believe in it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was fun to watch them go through that journey. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, that, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I so relate to that because, you know, you mentioned about that why coming from a couple of different mm -hmm. places. And um, I think when you shared that yesterday in, the, in our pre-show that I mentioned analytical often is yeah. the one most associated with that why question of, well, why are we changing this? Why are we doing this? What's going on? And you opened my eyes to it could also be from a, a from a place of belief. So so thank you very much for that contribution, um, Jen. I'm they might not go and What's they won't that? ask why. It can be also an issue on a team, right? Yeah. If, they, if they're strong yeah. in belief and they don't ask and they just don't believe in it, they're not going to follow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jen, are there other highlights you've seen from people you've coached, or other other ways you've seen belief talents uh, applied that? Um, maybe our listeners could benefit from? I think there's kind of that common thread um, of doing the right thing. And obviously, like, the right thing might be different based on their core beliefs, you know, because Dr. Gallup's definition, it's that certain core belief. So mm -hmm. they're different for every person. So where Gina's and I have very similar core beliefs, honestly, like, if you look back at our value system, we value sim very similar things. But there might be others that have different values, you know, that they put ahead of what we have as our values. So understanding that um, based on the values of each person, it, it is really about doing the right thing. Um, I think we all have this thread of passion about it. Like if we believe it, you're going to know it. Um, they tend to share their opinions openly. Um, 
and that can that can have you know kind of two sides to it too like if they've done that and they're not in a safe place to share their opinions they might stop asking why they might just shut down and and keep quiet um so those are those are like kind of the common threads I've seen. Um, I had one manager who was high belief um, and also high harmony. And for him, I saw him really using his harmony and his belief together to build those connections between people, find the consensus of where everyone's beliefs aligned in order to get his team on board. And he did a really wonderful job with it, I think without even realizing that that's what he was doing. Um, just because he was constantly looking for those for those places where things were the same and people aligned the same way. Um, and then really using that to motivate the team. I think he did a really great job. Um, but that's that's really like the only the only places I've seen that are maybe a little different than mine. Um, but otherwise that that you know common thread doing the right thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I'm gonna bring up something that uh I found very fascinating in our pre-show conversation around this, which is both of you made comments around how uh, belief and employee engagement uh, mm -hmm. tie together. I know, Gina, this is sort of a specialty of, of yours in terms of focusing on employee engagement. Jen, I believe you're the one that sort of brought it up of, of mm -hmm. seeing the, the, the switch. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. I, I'm just wondering if you could speak to that because I don't want to give it away because I thought you okay. said it so beautifully uh, yesterday when we were talking. Well, and I really wish we should we could show Gina's boat analogy that she has when she talks about engaged engaged employees. So, um, when we talked about this during our pre-show, it was about that doing the right thing. So I said that I think the employees with belief can be the easiest ones to spot from going to from fully engaged employee. They are rowing the boat. They are at the front of it. They are you know steering down. They are making this happen. We are leading the charge to being fully disengaged. We are drilling holes in the boat. We are you know, using our oars to go the opposite way. Maybe we're knocking people out of the boat in order to keep it from going. Like it's that belief almost can feel like we would rather sink than go the wrong way. Um, and I, and I, for me, that's rang very true in all, of the, in all of the roles I've been in and every job I've been in. I can say I've, I have been in those places on the boat um, to the, to the point where I know that if I'm going to be disengaged, it is time for me to move on because it's either people stop listening, um, or asking for, for the help and for the, the guidance to move the right direction, or, or it's just, it's not going to go well and it, it's not the right place for me. So Gina, do you have anything to add? Oh, no, I think you said it beautifully. <laughs> Okay. It's, it's, I think that's a tough one. I, and I'm, and I'm not saying it only comes from belief, you know, being, being um, an engaged employee versus disengaged. There's so many things that leaders can do to help. And, and in so many cases with me personally, when that's happened, yeah. it's, it's been about the, it's been about the team leader. You know, if I, if I see the team leader leading us in a way that I don't think is right, like I, I can't follow. I just, I can't. Yeah. Very good for people to know. And it's also really nice that you highlighted that uh, very quick lens or very, very easily to identify uh, that that switch because you will go from a hardcore advocate to uh, the biggest anchor in the world um, and, and not helping a team. So um, thinking, you know, sometimes 
we've sorry we've talked a lot about different ways that we've verbally described this theme i am kind of curious just because we as humans love visual triggers or visual cues um, <laughs> i'm wondering if there are particular visuals or you know we've talked about fictional characters before in some of our other episodes mm -hmm. are, are there images that come to mind when you think about belief that might help others connect with or associate uh, a person on their team with this particular theme, um, even if they haven't taken the Clifton Strengths yet. And Gina, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on your court first. Sure. There, I mean, there are so many famous people, so many um, fictional characters. There's just so many examples that we could use. If you're talking about an image, I think the thing for me personally that comes to mind is a North Star because I think it's the belief that guides me to do everything that I do in my life and always have. Um, when I think about characters, I think about Ted Lasso, right? If you oh, nice. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's such a great show. And he's, he might be my favorite character of all time, but for sure I have to imagine if it was real that belief would be in his top five, no question. I mean, believe is on the door of the right. locker room. And, you know, I mean, that's everything to them is, is about their belief, so. That's that's what I picture when I think of that bird. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Two great examples. Jen, what are the images that you'd go to? Um, I always think of the rock, right? It's that like, you know, you're not building your house in sand. We're going to build it on the rock. It's stable and foundation, not moving. Um, and then I'm going to go back to my Parks and Rec <laughs> people. So there's a, a character on it. His name is Craig and he's rather passionate. Um, and he's screaming at um, one of the other girls, like, yes, I have a condition. It's called caring too much and it's incurable, right? So like, like I feel like that's a, a little bit of a, a taste of the belief, maybe really, really uh, powerful. <laughs> <laughs> the caring too much? Is yeah. It, is that, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I just, I jumped to that <laughs> phrase because that's, I've noticed that in both your answers about the passion and the you know, the why and, you know, wanting to be right in the thick of it um, for the right reasons. So uh, I think those are great. Um, as we start thinking about taking this from the person to the team, I'm kind of, uh, I'd love to get your perspectives on what you think this theme's best contribution is to a team. In And if you want to approach it as, you know, from a team member, sort of an individual contributor lens, and then also maybe as a as a team leader lens. Um, and so just to keep things fair, because my harmony uh, doesn't like to uh, let things go one way or the other too much. Uh, Jen, I'm going to put this on uh, to you first. Uh, how have you seen that this be a benefit to a team? Um, or how do you see it um, playing um, out? I think as a team member, if you're able to get um, someone who's on your team who has belief, if you're able to tap into their, you know, core beliefs, their values, and, and tie your mission for what you're doing to their personal purpose, um, they're going to be loyal and dependable, um, you know, for your cause and really work for you. Um, and on the leadership side, I'd say um, really using your values and beliefs um, to honor and support your team uh, will directly affect those like four needs of followers like it, it's it's definitely going to help build stability show compassion for your team help to build that trust and instill hope 
Um, those are our, our four needs of followers. And, and I really think that being able to tie your personal values to each member of your team will really help help you with those four things. Okay. Gina? Yeah, um, you said it beautifully, Jen. So when I think about the leader, and Chad, you brought this up yesterday, leaders with beliefs that have positive, strong values, <laughs> right. you know, lead by example. And then, and, and by leading by example, by being the person that shows up, by being the person that's loyal, by being the leader that's honest, by being the leader that's stable and consistent and, and maybe less yeah. bending, but just knows the direction that we need to go, um, you know, people will follow. And it, it does provide for the needs of followers, as Jen mentioned. So I, I think about the strongest leaders in my life. And, you know, I have a brother as an example, a brother-in-law as an example, someone that I used to work with as an example that were great leaders, but they were also great people who had very mm -hmm. strong values and very strong positive values that anybody would admire and want to be like. So I think that when you have beliefs high, those values resonate to everything you do at work, at church, in your community, at home, with your family. Yeah. Uh, Gina, it was awesome to talk about the team leader. Do you see any sort of variation on that or a different application of belief when it comes to the team member or an individual contributor in terms of making a contribution to the larger team effort? I do. I think they're going to be able to articulate the why to others mm. who can't see it. That's if they good. understand it clearly. So nice. Jen talked about the impact. As long as you get their personal why, they're going to, you know, deliver at a very high level and they yeah. will be at the front of that boat, rowing in the right direction, <laughs> giving you 100% yeah. of their effort, but they'll also get other people on board and they'll be able to positively influence others if they are a strong believer in the mission and vision of the company. Excellent. Beautifully said. Okay. Well said. Thank you. Um, I'm going to flip the question a little bit and, and go to, you know, we, we all know from our coaching backgrounds that themes can be over, um, you know, turned up a little too loud, uh, a little too warm. Um, I'm curious, you know, as leaders that might be listening to this, what should they be on the lookout in terms of what might be a negative application of a, a belief or, or maybe a belief theme, either running too hot or too cold, uh, again, for both the, an individual team member, as well as um, maybe that some somebody's listening that's working for a team leader with belief running too high too cold what's the negative impact on a team i think with with an employee if i if i were a leader working with a team and i had employees with high belief i would be very in tune with their temperature and mm -hmm. and and whether they're following and whether they're buying in and understand the mission and their contribution to that mission and i would make sure that they were on board and um, and I think to be aware of if they're not, they can also they'll check out um, yeah. and and they'll be hard to get back at times. But but even more than that, like even just a slight awareness that there's a big change coming. We're moving offices, or we're we're changing how we're doing something. People with high belief and other themes, but belief is one of them that they might have more difficulty with change unless they understand the why. So you have to kind of look at how will they handle change? How will they handle conflict? How will they handle these different things that they're faced with because of who they are? So I think it can be incredibly helpful to have that. Why I love clips and strengths, right? Because we have this yeah. universal language that can help us not, we don't treat each other the way we want to be treated. We treat each other the way they need to be treated. Yeah. So somebody with belief needs to be treated for a certain way to help get their buy-in and have them follow. Yeah. 
So as a leader, I would really care about that and, and what they, what their why is and help them be on board with it. Yeah. When you were answering there, Gina, I was, I was hearing a, uh, echoes of your, uh, the unbending um, aspect. <laughs> you know, if you've got a team member that's a little unbending, yeah. that could have a, a sort of a speed break effect mm-hmm. of slowing down the team if they're not willing to get yeah. on the, on the right happens, train. Right. It never <laughs> happens on a team. Nobody ever has that happen on a team. Everybody's going to all the time, right? Jump head first right. with my activator. I, you know, activator number six. I'm like, come on, let's do it. But yeah, yeah. but we know it can happen. And, and having this universal language can help so much just to understand who might be, who might have a more difficult time with bending. Yeah. Excellent contribution. Jen, I'm going to, uh, I guess, sort of leave the, maybe the last words to, to you in terms of the, the negative, um, sure. you know, impacts of somebody with belief, uh, belief talents impacting a team. I, th- I think Gina said it perfectly, um, really not understanding or not being the team members that aren't sharing their why. Um, it may be, especially for a team leader, not sharing the why with his team members. Um, can be really dangerous because they're not, you can't keep people on board. Maybe if they don't know why they're doing it, we're always going to have some followers who are going to be happy to follow no matter what it is. But if you have some of those team members who are a little more unbending, it might be important for you to share your why as a leader. And then also as the, as the, the team member to, to see what your purpose is, share what your purpose is and what your why is with your team and your team leader, because you know, sharing that information, like Gina said, using this language that Clifton Strengths gives us, shows us what we need. Um, and if we don't know how to ask for what we need, this is the perfect place to find that um, because we don't know that we needed that or that no one else needs it. We're the only ones, you know. Um, I think that's the, the biggest hole we all fall into um, is that we think everybody's just like us. So, you know, hey, Gina's got beliefs, so Gina must be just like me. And so I'm going to just tell her this and she's going to be right on board it may not align with her belief Mm. system, her values and what she needs. So, you know, I need to learn about Gina a little closer to understand what her purpose is, what is her value so that I can get her on board. Um, And then I think understanding that if, if if the team's values or the core value that we're going for does not match the individual values of the people, if they, if we don't find some alignment there, it is that like stalling, um, and slowing the progress can can happen. So as a team leader, being so aware of when that's happening, when someone's checked out, you know, getting to the bottom of that quickly is is really important. And then pulling pulling them back on board because we don't need anybody drilling holes in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> awesome contributions. You know, it's it's just like we've said in other things. It's it's not for it's not it's not out of malicious intent, right? Like we don't really want to drill holes in the boat because we want the boat to sink for malicious reasons. It's, you know, there's always, at least most of the time, there's, <laughs> there's, there's like good in the background. There's, there's positive intent there. So like with Gina and I, we talked about that, that trust being something so high. So, you know, having the trust of the team, if you're lying, if you're asking me to do something unethical, I'm probably not going to move it's not for a bad reason. It's for a good reason that this isn't right. You know? So I think always remembering that there's this positive intent. Um, and then it may just not come out positively in the moment, (laughs) but, but that if you dig deeper, you're, you can get to the positive intent of what's really going on and, and find some consensus to be able to move forward. 
Awesome. Uh, before we wrap up, I'm going to just open up the table real quick. If there's any other big highlights or things that you think uh, our audience should know about belief that we have not covered or something that you really want to highlight again, um, maybe this is the, the, the two minute, ver you know, the two second version of what would you really want to convey to, to people that they should really know about the belief, uh, belief theme that we maybe haven't already covered. Gina, you look ready to say something. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, what comes to mind when you ask that is that there's no one answer because we're all so complex. So, you know, just, even yeah. though Jen and I shared, Jen and I share a lot in common. We've worked together. We know each other pretty well. And, and we have a lot of things about our beliefs that are very um, similar. But, you know, my, my biggest um, thing that I want people to hear is you have to be curious, you have to ask yeah. questions, because my belief is going to show up different than other people's beliefs. Yeah. And, and it's so much dependent upon the other themes that drive the other things that we do and nothing stands alone. It's, it's really this intricate combination of who we are. So I would just, I would leave you with, these are just some examples of how <laughs> it plays out for us, yeah. but that doesn't mean it's how it plays out for other people, because we're all so complex. And so much more than just our themes. So. Oh, very much so. Absolutely. And, yeah. And I, I love that that even just with the two of us, you can see the difference between the executing themes and and where that pushes me and my belief compared to your influencing and relationship building themes that pushes your belief. So I just think it's really interesting how they all play so perfectly together to make us different. But like Chad said, you know, we, we each ask why, but maybe for different reasons. So it's finding that motivation that's just yeah. totally just below the surface, I think is is key. Yeah. Asking questions. Great, great, great. Well, well on that, I'm gonna I'm gonna let our audience know that if they want to ask questions about uh, Clifton Strengths or anything that we've talked about, um, all of our content information will be in the show notes and that we stand ready to help um, others learn about their Clifton strengths. I wanna thank again, Gina, for, for coming and joining us today and for sharing uh, your, your unique perspective on belief. I think you make a great point that uh, we are all very different. We were just hoping that through today to highlight some of the similarities and some of the possible ways people might wanna start thinking about uh, their themes and then hope that they uh, engage one of us in in future coaching so yeah. um but thank you very much for joining us gina it's been a thank pleasure to, to hear you and uh, i've learned a few more things about belief even though it's you know <laughs> sitting basically 14 for me so um some things resonated and other things come probably from coming from different places for me so um with that i'm gonna thank gina again and um bid thank everybody you. a great day and we hope that you'll listen to this and future episodes with us. Have a great day. Thank you.